right. Well, welcome everyone to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, uh, managing partner at Insight Consulting Partners here with the podcast team, um, the ones of us who can make it. It's been kind of a crazy week and crazy for a lot of people working these days. So uh, today we have Martin Gillette and Mark Ingram and Luke Marson and special guest Kim Leslie. Hello, everyone. Hey, Steve. Hey there. Hi, guys. Hey. So today we have a couple different topics to talk about, but we, we really wanted to start out with um, some discussion on the App Center, which is why we have Kim Leslie from SAP here. Um, and I think the App Center is, is something that a, a lot of customers know about, and it's, it's something that SAP has been focused on for a while now. So um, let's just talk some more about App Center and you know what's going on with that and what some of the latest things are. So Kim, do you want to give us an update on that? Yeah, I'd love to, um, and thanks for having me. So the SAP App Center is a place where customers and prospects can go and discover functionality that extends um, any part of the SAP um, family. So the App Center, although we are focused on SAP success factors, the App Center really has apps that cover all parts, all lines of business in all areas of SAP. So it's it's kind of like similar to like the the app store if you will for for iPhones you can go there and you can look and see what um, apps are available and you can some of them have free trials others um, um, you have promotional offers but you can discover them look at demos see reviews and that kind of thing and then express your interest nice nice so what are some of the apps out there that um, that you think some of our listeners might be interested in? Well, um, they really cover, you know, the entire suite of success factors, but it, so it depends on what um, stage the customer is at. So we have some great apps on there for, for example, data loading or data validation. So those might be more, mm-hmm. more applicable for a customer that's, that's implementing or upgrading, for example. A lot of our customers that are migrating from the SAP on-premise to SAP success factors, for example, like to take advantage of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other areas, for example, in recruiting and learning, that's where we have actually a lot of apps. We have things like um, Recruiter AI Assistant, so that can do things mm-hmm. like even schedule interviews um, and reschedule interviews all automatically through AI, which saves a lot of time and effort. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so essentially what we look at when we evaluate um, partner apps for the SAP App Center is whether or not they, first of all, they fit into um, our line of business, whether sure. whether they overlap with any existing functionality. So we want to avoid, you know, adding apps to the App Center mm-hmm. that are in direct competition. Also, we look at our future roadmap, yeah. future roadmap um, and whether the a- APIs are available before we actually accept a partner into the, the process. Yeah, and that all makes sense, right? Because, you know, why... Why would you want to have an app out there and have people pay for it when this product already has that? Exactly. And that's just, that's looking out for your customers. That makes total sense. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so what I what I heard, Kim, is that um, there's some kind of designation on whether the solution actually integrates with success factors or whether some work has to be done. And I guess the second part of that is typically you nev- there's never a 100% fit with solutions. Customers always want something extra. Now, that's not an expectation that you would have if you were like 
talking about an equivalent of the you know Apple App Store or something like that because it's what you see is what you get. But there's always an expectation of change. So what what can you say about um, pre-delivered integration and how a customer finds out if there is a pre-delivered integration? And what do you do about you know you can buy something on the App Store, but what do you do about the services side? That's a good question. Yeah, those are great questions. So when you go on the SAP App Center and you're looking at apps, there are special designations you can see when um, apps are certified. So apps, for example, that are built on the SAP Cloud Platform, they go through a special certification. Um, it ensures that the the integrations work, that the documentation is available, and all the things that you would expect from certified integrations with SAP solutions. Now, some of the some of the apps on there are not based on SAP Cloud Platform, so they're just using APIs. But you can rest assured that all of the apps go through some level of certification or evaluation from SAP. So they have to go through an application readiness check, a partner feasibility check. So, so there, there, there are things in place to ensure that the integrations work, but mm -hmm. there's also, as I mentioned, um, a special designation you can see for ones that have gone through the extra levels of certification. That's nice. That's the seal of approval. Exactly. Yep. Uh, now, to tackle the second part of Mark's question around support, so solutions that are, are purchased through the App Center, they're supported by the partners themselves. So mm -hmm. if there's an issue, they can go to the, the partner, but obviously that partner also has um, connections into SAP. So if there's an issue with the integration on the SAP side, SAP and the partner work together to sort that out. Right. Yep. We, you know, we have a lot of customers that are that are global, and do you find that the apps are very uh, U.S. or any particular country centric? And how would the customer find out if it's applicable and available in their country and language? So, at the moment, I'd say that the majority of the apps for success factors, at least, um, they do tend to be skewed more towards um, North America and Europe right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are actively recruiting apps from other regions because um, we want to make sure that we have good coverage around the globe. So, mm -hmm. and the best the best way to find out whether or not they are um, applicable to your region is if you go into the SAP App Center and you look at um, an apps page, you can look at their, they have documentation on there. And a lot of the times they explicitly um, specify what languages and regions they're available in. And if they don't mm -hmm. have that, there's also the opportunity to pose a question there in the on the on the platform itself, and then the, the partner will answer that. Oh, that's nice. So so that's was going to be one of my questions because, well, you know, when you buy an app off the Apple App Store, Google Play, you know, for your mobile phone, there's not a whole lot of questions, right? It's pretty simple. But when we're looking at enterprise apps, I imagine, you know, I can just imagine customers having all sorts of questions, you know, for maybe their specific use cases or how does it integrate with this or that so it's it's good that they can go in there and have sort of a a, a bit of a dialogue then with the, the app provider that's good yeah like that mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and there's also the ability to to put reviews in and things like that so similar to what you see on the app center mm -hmm. nice nice so what um how does a partner get certified to have an app on the app store so, um, you know, the, you know, I, I know that we have uh, other consultants who listen to the podcast, too, and they might be wondering, you know, hey, I've got this cool utility that I have, you know, done for multiple customers, and 
maybe this is something I can turn into an app. Is there a, um, can you share what's the process like for, for a partner to get started on that? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've gotten feedback from partners that have gone through the process and we've actively tried to simplify um, how the process works. And mm -hmm. uh, we recently redid all the documentation. So there's a lot of documentation out there, like a step-by-step -step guide saying, what are the exact steps that a, a partner needs to go through? How long each step or each phase is expected to take? So that I think that's that's really helpful. But um, sure. to answer your question, so so what they do is first of all they they go through a a feasibility assessment. So essentially we have a um, a questionnaire that they complete. You know that gives some where they give information about what is the app they're trying to build, what is the use mm -hmm. case, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's when in the first stage, the product management and other people within SAP, they look at that, determine is there an overlap with success factors functionality? Is it something we're planning to build in future? Um, are there APIs available that can support that, um, that use case mm -hmm. or those use cases? Um, and then once it passes through that, then obviously then the partner can build the solution and we also have services there that the partner can can leverage for example they can get instances where they can build their solution there's lots of documentation on how to do that and there's also additional groups that can assist with that sure so, so one way of knowing what's not going to be on your roadmap then is if it's on the app center reverse engineering the roadmap mars that's not nice <laughs> no that's not nice well i mean for to a large extent, you can look at it that way. But then again, there have been ones that have been on the App Center for a while that we then have developed. And so they yeah. are part of the, the native functionality. And that's obviously we want our marketplace to be open and to offer our customers lots of options. So there may be cases where, yes, there is some overlap with success factors functionality or SAP functionality. Sure. So I had a, I had a, a quick question. Um, how many HR apps are there? on the app store that is a great question so um we're getting more and more um obviously over time right now we have around 250 that are specific just to success factors um and i think there's over um 1800 um sap wide so yeah in there's total. there's nice. yeah in total mm -hmm. but obviously that number changes over time sure sure oh yeah i was i was wondering if um if there any difference of whether um, apps are treated differently in the App Center, if they're based upon the SAP Cloud Platform or not? Well, if they're based on the SAP Cloud Platform, they do get that special designation because they go through a special certification process. Mm -hmm. um, and so customers know that the, the integration works and it's a little bit easier for them to integrate into our landscape, uh, potentially easier than an app that's, that's integrated via APIs. Right, but from yep. the market from a marketplace, um, they're not really can treated any differently. So customers mm -hmm. could just look at that. Nice. So I will in the uh, in the podcast notes, I'll put a link to the App Store there and and a little bit of direction on how to get there if customers, listeners want to to do that and they have a hard time finding that on their own. So mm -hmm. we'll get them directed that way. And you know, this has been. Um, Kim, some great information on the App Center. Uh, really good. appreciate that. Excellent. And I can also um, include a link that you can put in there too for partners that are interested in joining so that then they can know how to start the process. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. 
Oh, I actually had one more question for Kim. So, oh, what's your question? Um, yeah, so your um, your job is heavily involved in coordinating partners and success factors um, with whatever the current needs are for clients and how best to communicate that to customers on the marketing side. So, how's how's COVID nineteen changed your job and what you're working on? Well, that is a great question. So. Um, our partners have actually been fabulous in the response to COVID-19 um, because most of the partners that are on the App Center are smaller than SAP. In fact, I would say pretty much all of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're able to to turn around and, and come out with new solutions really quickly. So we have a number of partners that have developed um, additional offerings and not only that, but some that are just making pr promotionals, um, they're having promotions. So they're having free trials where they didn't before or offering um, extended payment terms, reduced fees. But um, an example of some of the things that some of our partners are doing is um, two of our partners have developed um, what I want to call one of them is a talent exchange. Essentially, this is recruiting related. So to match um, people that have been furloughed or laid off from their jobs with companies that are actively seeking new employees. So those industries where people are hiring a lot, um, you know, such as groceries and healthcare yeah. and things like that to match those. So those examples, so two of our partners in there, uh, one of them is Eightfold and another one is Sensia have developed uh, solutions for that. And that's just one example, but there's lots of other ones. So we have apps on there that are related to well-being for example we have like a coaching app we have resilience apps and those ones are really stepping up to the plate and offering um additional services and things around COVID 19. yeah that's great you know i mean you have a great point kim and that the partners are smaller probably more nimble and uh, you know it's good to see the partner community responding that way um, absolutely luke i'm curious you know as as uh, you know, the leader of iServe North Americas, um, how has, how has the COVID pandemic impacted iServe and, and maybe, you know, partners in general? It's, it's definitely, um, anything that was due, um, has been put on hold. I've heard that from other partners as well. Uh, that's not, not just projects about to start, but also sales cycles, some of them being put on hold until um so there's there's which is not happening now but that will kick start once things start to wind down uh and 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 it, it's different based on the industry right so we've got a lot of customers for example in the manufacturing um industry and all of those are, are, are really seeing a big slow so, so we've got a lot of multinational customers as well so they're getting hit um, differently in different places, and that's giving those sort of organizations a lot to deal with because they've got uh, different different stages of lockdown. Um, some are, are locked down, some aren't. Some are further ahead. Uh, some are getting ready to reopen. Some are not looking at reopening soon. So HR's got a, a real um, a, a real tough job on their hands right now. So I think a lot of the projects being put on hold are, are more to do with bandwidth of HR than it is to do with budgets. But for a lot of customers, they just don't have time to do projects like that. They focus on uh, managing work from home policies that they maybe didn't have before. Um, they've got things like sick pay 
um, holiday, uh, you know, some companies are, are, are asking, I guess that's a nice way of putting it, um, asking employees to take um, a vacation at this moment. There's obviously updates to time and attendance systems and payroll systems. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on right now and implementing uh, a new HR system is not very high up on that list at the moment. Even even if it's going to deliver a, a good ROI, it's just not, um, it's just not, it, you know, it, it's tough as it is when you've got your normal day job to do, let alone when you've got uh, a, a, a pandemic like this, which is completely changing um, business operations. Yeah. So I can very much um, empathize, empathize with uh, uh, with those businesses because you know at ISEV and I know this from other partners mm. as well are uh, seeing the same thing. You know we've we've seen a lot of the pro- projects that we've gotten a lot of the sales cycles put on hold, and so you know I've got a, I've got a, a large workforce across the Americas um, that 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 aren't billable at the moment. Um, you know, so we try to do other things. I, I've got a lot of people doing self-learning. We've been building, we, we built um, uh, a COVID-19 engine for SAP Success Factors, which, we, which we've which we given away. Uh, for, uh, we are doing some videos for SAP right now um, that they want to want customers to help, you know, help them you know, do some configuration, do some other bits, get you know, maximize the use of the system right now when they really need it. Um, one of the other bits and pieces for customers, um, we're, we're trying not to charge customers uh, unless it's significant, uh, um, just just because, you know, it's not really the, the right time. I don't really think, you know, everyone's in the same boat, right? So uh, our customers can't charge their customers. How can we charge our customers? Right. So, uh, I've seen that in some other places. I saw uh, this morning HR Focal Point are giving some free payroll consulting away um, to customers in the well. And there's been people doing some other things. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this. You can have our software for this and then we, you know, we turn. Uh, you know, I, I like those small things where hey, we give you something and it's yours. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's a really, it's a really tricky time for, for HR, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and hopefully a lot of these companies are going to weather the storm. Um, my, my bigger concern is, is, and not the customers that we work with and, and partners like us, it's the, it's the small, um, shops, the restaurants, the bars, um, you know, all those kind of really small mum and pop mm-hmm. businesses, five people businesses um, that struggle and, and, and aren't going to come back. Um, some, some of them won't. Hopefully it'll be minimal, but that, that's something that's going to hit everybody in their everyday life. And, and, and I see that walking around walking around the city city where I live. And I, I live in the city centre. I live on mm-hmm. actually on the shopping street, surrounded by shopping streets and uh you know to go um you know so yeah i know i know that's not mm-hmm. quite on the uh, the topic of hr but i, I think you know this, this is a good time to put things into perspective um right now and to to think about what are the important things and you know selling selling consulting services is not the biggest thing for me right now um if- it, it's my it's our customers and it's and it's all the other people and their health and their safety and their, you know and their sanity which i think is is 
it's I mean it's more of a concern probably for all of us I think if, uh, on this if, podcast. If you if you have a favorite grocery store or restaurant that still offer takeout and and you want to keep them around, make sure you do orders re- regularly, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luke, getting back to what you were saying about um, how this is a, a a tough time for HR, um, I was talking with a payroll manager in France uh, for one of my customers, and half of her staff is out, and the rest of them are on a reduced working schedule. And it's the same thing for the HR staff there in France. And so even if they wanted to do something, you know, they they really, they just can't, you know. And then they have all the, the turnover happening with the staff, um, you know, that they support, you know, with all the people at the plant and the office. And so, you know, there's really not a whole lot that, a whole lot of bandwidth for them to absorb any changes, even if, um, you know, even if we were able to, to do something. So... It's, it's a tough time for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, this I wrote um, a blog on this recently about resiliency. I think that, you know, th- times like this show how resilient people and customers and departments are. And, you know, I talked about it in terms of payroll and, and resiliency and payroll because every country payroll has been impacted by new laws and regulations of, you know, how to handle this. And, um, companies have instituted, you know, some special one-time bonuses, right? Five hundred or a thousand dollars per employee um, that payroll has to deliver, and you know, payroll can do all those things. You know, we're we're used to absorbing uh, regulatory changes, and we're used to doing uh, bonus payments and things like that. But the the pace that this has come at is pretty fast. And the also the uncertainty. Some of these, some of the le- legislation is sort of half baked, depending on which country you go to. And so you're trying to sort of anticipate what you should do um, at the same time that um, you know that the legislation is is changing and there's going to be more coming. So it is a challenging time. And um, you know, as a as a an ecosystem and as a partner community and a customer community, it's good to help each other get through this, which I think we're, we're doing. So um, I think that wraps it up for us today. So I appreciate everyone's time. Um, I know that we've had some uh, some bandwidth issues, so some of this might uh, come a little <laughs> a bit garbled, but um, you know, everyone is working from home and I think that uh, the internet is probably feeling a little bit of stress today. So. Uh, but we'll get it done. We'll get it done. And I appreciate everyone uh, contributing. Uh, special thanks to Kim from from SAP, Kim Leslie, for joining us and talking about the App Center. And uh, to all my colleagues out there, stay safe and keep at it. And to all of our listeners, same thing. Stay safe, keep at it. And um, uh, we'll talk to you again in a podcast coming up soon. Thanks. Thanks.